0: Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. And today, we're talking about a really, really interesting topic Um, with my guest today, Miles Pepper. He's the co-founder and president of Final Straw. Miles, it is awesome having you on the podcast.
0: Thanks, Justin. Good
1: to hear. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I love this. I, I I cannot even wait to dive into this topic. It's so relevant right now. Um, the whole This whole idea of plastic and whatnot, and the idea of plastic straws. <laughs> and that's our topic for today. And I'll just throw out this fact first, and then I think we can talk, or this will lead into the discussion on how you decided to start this company. But Americans use 500 million straws every single day. That is Unbelievable. So Miles, I'm guessing that was the burning platform or the problem you guys were looking to solve when you decided to start Final Straw.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I, the uh, the genesis of the idea sort of came after watching this video of a sea turtle with a straw stuck up in its nose, uh, which went viral and now has, I believe, around 30 million views. Um, and it, this, this entire focus on single-use plastic straws, and the entire movement and now legislature that's going into place against them really started with this video. And that's the video that I saw uh, when I was sticking a plastic straw in my drink and I felt so guilty about doing so and thought to myself that I needed a reusable straw. And that was sort of the, the, the start of this entire idea was I wanted a collapsible reusable straw that was actually convenient and not a long, regular stainless steel straw that would stick out of my pocket or I'd forget in my car.
1: Wow. I, I love that. And, and an unmet need. And you guys have started a company around it. You and Emma Cohen, you guys are co-founders. Talk about how you guys decided to take this jump into to launching this business.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So um, we started about a year ago, uh, fall of last year. Uh, the idea came to me um, in this coffee shop. I went online to look for what I hoped was already being made, which wasn't. And now we've turned it into a product. Um, and there was just nothing out there. There was a need for a convenient alternative to single-use plastic straws. And the other competition out there was no one had taken any time or thought to reinvent something as simple as a drinking straw. And it seemed like it was a good time to do it. So we started working really hard, um, about a year ago, just trying to get a prototype made, um, by January of last year, we had functional prototypes, And we started ramping up for a Kickstarter project. We had talked with a lot of people about getting uh, sort of some larger exposure, potentially investors, and it just didn't, nothing was really working out. No one was really willing to trust these two crazy kids with this (laughs) weird straw idea that was not proven at all. There was nothing on the market like it. So there was really no market testing that we could do, and we decided to do a Kickstarter as our market test. Yeah. Um, so
1: amazing. You guys raised $1.8 million through the Kickstarter. I mean, that is unbelievable. and You sold more than 150,000 of the final straws in pre-sale. I mean, that's huge.
0: Yeah. It went from, uh, from just making a few to trying to figure out how to create an entire production pipeline and get products to thousands and thousands of people. So it's been... Quite a whirlwind figuring everything out from you know the, the onset of this, which is I just wanted a straw for myself and maybe a few for my friends to Now we've got people all over the world who have already purchased final straw and we're shipping next month.
1: So how does this compare to the whole idea of a paper straw, right? So there's been all this talk about getting rid of plastic straws. A lot of retailers now getting through, rid of plastic straws and looking at going to paper. And then how does that compare to what you guys are offering in your product?
0: Absolutely. So I think sort of uh, an analogy there would be that it's like a paper towel dispenser. You can, you had your plastic straws, which are bad for the environment. They're plastic. They never disintegrate. use 500 million single, single use plastic straws a year. Um, and they're very harmful to the environment. And then the switch over to paper straws, um, has, well, a people really hate paper straws from everyone I've talked to. i never hear anything good about paper straws, which is good for us, I guess. Right. Um, (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And, um, it, it's still single use. Um, it it That's does. Right. W- it will degrade in the environment much quicker than um, plastic. Well, and plastic actually never degrades. It just turns into mic- microplastics, which is its own problem. We can get into that later. But sure, um, paper straws are still a single use item. And what we are trying to do as a company is to really change the way that people think about their interactions with single-use plastic. And if we can convince someone to use a reusable straw, carry it with them wherever they go, the impact and the domino effect of that single action will probably permeate the rest of their daily lives, their their daily actions, and they'll think about their single-use plastic items differently and change their consumer habits. And that's really what we're trying to do, sure. to reduce plastic, not only with straws, but in all aspects of consumer behavior.
1: So for those that haven't heard of Final Straw or seen the product yet, it's a key, key chain size carrying case, right? It's made of recycled plastic, which I think is awesome. A variety of colors. You guys got to check that out. Retractable nine inch metal straw, a drying rack and a cleaning squeegee. That uh, sounds awesome. So I think really cool. But how did you go from, hey, we should start this company to get rid of Plastic Straws to the manufactured product? How do, talk about the process of figuring out the product development.
0: Yeah. So I mean, a lot of the R&D went in um, before and then during the actual Kickstarter. So we launched the Kickstarter with a minimum viable product that worked, but it wasn't ready for mass production.
1: Sure. That's fair.
0: And it took a lot of time figuring exactly how to make that. We had, um, or all of our cases were 3D printed, all the, you know, machine parts, I personally polished every single one and assembled them by hand before the Kickstarter. Em and I were in my kitchen assembling straws for four days straight because these things took 30 minutes to assemble an entire complete unit and it took forever. And so it was this, you know, big push to get Final Straw ready for the Kickstarter. And then once we launched the Kickstarter, it was the next push of how do we take What we've already worked on and get it ready for mass production. So, for the past six months after the Kickstarter ran, uh, we've been working with a design firm and now a factory in China to manufacture Final Straw and pump out.
1: 40, Which isn't easy. That's a week. Right. But you, and you, you're, I mean, jumping over a lot of the detail right behind that, but finding a manufacturer in China, not necessarily easy, right? If you've never done it before, figuring out designs and whatnot, not easy unless you have a good partner like a design firm. And I'm guessing you had to go through a process to really figure that part out.
0: Everything was a process. Getting this. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, get, getting, um, you know, we, we launched a Kickstarter that did incredibly well, but with a product that was, would get, you know, it would not last on the market. It would get the worst reviews ever because it, it did not function like it should. Um, so yes, absolutely. It was a, an extreme jump from thinking that, Oh, we've got a final product too. Okay. Right. No, now we needed like, we need to redesign the entire thing now. Right. And so that's what we've done. And I am incredibly proud of what our team has been able to make over the last 6 months and what we're going to be bringing to market very soon.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. Well, another really cool thing about you guys is you guys have been on Shark Tank. And I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs, Uh, many have been on, many have talked about going on Shark Tank. Talk about the thinking leading up to that, You know, the pros, the cons, the trade-offs, the preparation, the lessons learned from that.
0: Yeah. So um, we were 2 weeks into our Kickstarter campaign and we got an email from a producer at shark tank asking if we'd be interested in coming onto the show. And that I remember sitting by myself in my office, just looking at this email. I I could not believe my (laughs) eyes. I'm like looking around like, is is anyone else seeing this, but it's just me in this room and sort of (laughs) immediately called up Emma. And the two of us were just like yelling and crying and screaming. It's like, this, this is so unreal how this has happened over the last, you know, two weeks. And, by then, we had our Kickstarter had really taken off and was doing incredibly well. So it was just all this stuff was happening at once, and they needed us to get ready, and and we were like prepping in the next week, and then in a few weeks later we were shooting. So it was it was a very quick turnaround um, and incredibly stressful trying to get a trying to get everything ready, not only with the company getting the company set up at that early stage but also prepping for you know a potentially the biggest news outlet that we could you know conceive of in you know a few weeks later so i mean it it was it was a lot but it was so much fun getting ready for that oh so much fun shooting it and the, it was amazing to see um, myself on TV for the first time like that just a few weeks ago.
1: <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah, when I, w- you know, we scheduled this um, around the same time that you, I think you'd gone on the show. So when I saw that you had just been on, I was excited to to get the download on it. What would you say is like the biggest lesson learned from that, After looking back on it now? What was the biggest takeaway or two from from that experience?
0: Biggest takeaway, I think, would be to. And this is something that we did uh, was really stand our ground. We went in there knowing what we were valued at, knowing that what we had created was something special, and going into a room with investors like that who not that weren't necessarily in the loop with plastic pollution. I mean, they had backed some projects that were um, more eco-friendly, more plastic pollution-focused, but they're investors. They're not activists. They're not trying to solve a big problem. We are ignition with a product and they are purely product focused so we went in there and they immediately were trying to get us to go much lower than we were comfortable um our valuation that we came in with they were you know giving us insight that we were valued way too high but like if you look at the metrics we really came in there with a pretty fair valuation. so um we really stood our ground and we you have to watch the show but um (laughs) we're I'm, i'm happy with the outcome and we are trying to bring this product to as big the a market as we possibly can and keep our mission as the core spine of everything that we do.
1: Yeah, no question. Uh, that's just awesome. Well, turning back to the product itself. So um, one of the interesting challenges you guys have had, and, and you had shared this with me before the podcast, was that other companies have attempted to copy their idea and almost pop up their own cheaper version. So uh, how has that happened? And like what's been driving that? And then how have you guys have kind of battled that?
0: Yes, it's been a huge problem. Um, so I, there are companies out there that wait for Kickstarter project to go viral. And if it's in somewhat easy to replicate, which, I mean, we're making a drinking straw. These aren't computer chips or, you know, the, a car, or, you know, something that's incredibly difficult to manufacture. It's, this is a relatively simple item. Um, it's it's not obvious how to make it. But once you see it, you can sort of figure it out and, you know, reverse engineer it. So. We had very quickly. Uh, I think it was a week after Kickstarter ended, we saw our first knockoff products entering You're the market. Was just wow! It was cr- it was so fast. And wow! With such intensity that we were not prepared for. Right. Um, so yeah, I, we've we have a list of oh, with hundreds, literally hundreds of counterfeit items that are on the market, um, and unfortunately, just because of the quickness that we were trying to go at, and that we had. Pretty much no money at the very beginning. Before we had launched the Kickstarter, um, we had filed provisional patents, but nothing was granted. So for the past few months, we've really been able to do not much about these knockoff products legally because we don't have a patent. So it's it's been a constant battle, um, but we are very much looking forward to uh, hopefully a day sometime in the future that we'll be able to start enforcing things and getting these. Sure. Counterfeits off the market.
1: Yeah, and it can't just be a patent pending, right? It's got to actually be official. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, got it. So, all right. So, um, where are you guys today? And then, what are the the big things coming up in the next six to twelve months for you guys in terms of growth?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm off to China uh, in two days to speed up a factory um, and make sure that we're producing as many as many straws as we possibly can. Um, so, we are actively working on enhancing the production pipeline and really making sure that. We're creating a high-quality product, but um, getting them, you know, done and out, shipped over to California, where we're going to be shipping them out from in time for Christmas and uh, shipping in November. So that's that's sort of the next few weeks for us here, and then afterwards, we're um, sort of moving into Q1, where we're trying to get into retail. And then really focusing on growing the rest of the uh, online business as well.
1: Yeah. And so what's your approach to distribution? Is it online sales right now? or and, and do you have initial leads on retail? Or how is that working for you guys?
0: We've got some leads on retail. Um, nothing I can discuss. Sure. But um, hopefully soon, we'll, you'll be able to walk into the store down the street from you and get I'm one. And grab um grab one. That's awesome. So we're working on that. Um, but we're all online right now. So it's finalstraw.com is the official place to buy a final straw everything else is a knockoff so <laughs> Final <laughs> Straw, <laughs> right.
1: you guys do have your search optimization look it looks good here um so and then uh, last but not least share with us you know one or two of the uh, kind of big lessons learned in getting this launched off the ground for the other entrepreneurs out there listening
0: absolutely um i, I say the first one is really stick to your gut uh, this was something that not a lot of people told us was a great idea and we should drop everything and pursue this crazy idea of making a reusable straw and quit your full-time job and it was sort of a it was a risk but I felt in my heart that this was something that I was meant to do and um, I met Emma my co-founder at the very beginning of this and the two of us work insanely well together and we both have uh, extreme passion for this this entire movement and reducing single-use plastic so the two of us dropped everything and believed in what we were doing and um, we we listened to our guts and we went for it and it turned out to work pretty well so that would be my my advice is stick to what you truly believe is you know a, a good project don't stop because people are telling you it's a bad idea stop because you know that it's a bad idea and continue to persevere through you know people saying that maybe you should stop maybe you should quit because you probably shouldn't and that's where a lot of people do and that's why a lot of things don't get to market is because people quit because others are telling them and it's not right for the market.
1: Yeah. And I think also, you know, just piggybacking off of what you just said, I mean, the relationship with you and Emma, I mean, that has to work, right? That has to be perfect almost in a small business in order for, for you to find success and grow.
0: Yeah. No, it's, it's everything.
1: Amazing. Uh, all right. Last but not least, you mentioned the website. How else can our listeners get in touch with you, find you, connect with you guys?
0: Yeah. Uh, so we are FinalStraw.com. Uh, we're at suck responsibly on Twitter and uh, underscore FinalStraw underscore on instagram so those are all our media outlets there we've got cool content we're pushing out and we've got a a new video shoot in a few weeks and so we'll have some new commercials coming out as well awesome Uh, just in time for christmas
1: that's really great great timing coming into the fall well miles it has been awesome having you on the podcast can't wait to see where this product goes and i mean i can only imagine like if i talk to you in eight months um even more of a broad distribution story which would be really exciting to see the growth
0: Exactly, we're working on expanding our line of Foreverables. So, Final Straw is the jumping-off point for us, and we've got other stuff in the pipeline. So, hopefully, in eight months, there will be they'll be more than just a straw.
1: I love it. Well, Miles, thanks for coming on. It's been awesome having you on the podcast. I appreciate
0: it. Thanks so much, Justin. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.